Hello, happy Monday. Welcome to Offbeat Tracks, episode number 91. 91 was a number. Yeah, it was a number. <laughs> My name is Max. <laughs> I'm Danielle. So we thought uh, for episode 89, this would have worked out a lot better if we didn't have an episode break between it, but we're just being cutesy here. For episode 89, we talked about OMC. So for 91, we thought, hey, why not talk about OMD? I wonder if there's an OME for next time. <laughs> Maybe. Except that, that would be seriously offbeat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we don't even, we yeah. may have to create it. OMD is uh, Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, mm-hmm. who are probably known to the vast majority of U.S. audiences as one-hit wonders, but... Yeah. We are here to dispel that notion today. Yeah, you're wrong, turds. Um, OMD is from a town in the UK called Whirl, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, it's right on the Welsh border. It's on the northwest side of the UK. Um, I found a wonderful, wonderful article about them from the New York Times in 2013. Ooh. Um, that just gave a lot of really interesting background and had some very funny quotes, as we'll get to. Um, but the core of OMD uh, are two guys named Andy McCluskey and Paul Humphreys who went to school together. Um, and I didn't realize this, but they formed OMD out of the fact that they both really hated rock music. Yeah, I actually, which I, saw, I love. I saw that great quote that's in their um, Wikipedia article that they shared a distaste for guitar-driven rock with a macho attitude, popular among their friends at the time, which I think is a great basis for yes, friendship. Yes, that is that is actually a quote from the New York Times article. That's where oh, they got okay. that. Okay, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's that's true. They they hated rock music, and I'm like, you know what? Solidarity, dudes. <laughs> I'm I'm a fan. <laughs> um, yeah, they they would hang out in uh, Paul's um, mom's house, and they would do these like sound experiments where they would like you know they would like put sounds like through cardboard tubes and stuff like that, and just they they were obsessed with the idea of making noise, not like with guitars, I guess. <laughs> um, I like that a lot. But they saved up money, bought a couple of synthesizers. Um, they noted that, um, I think it was Andy who noted that their name came from, quote, a list of song ideas and lyrics that Andy had scrawled on his bedroom wall. Yes. And his quote was, if we'd known we were going to be stuck with this stupid name for 35 years, we'd probably have given it more thought. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the way life works? Yeah, right? And here they are, 40 years later, still... That's like an anniversary quote from like, you know, somebody's 30th anniversary right. <laughs> after they was like, if I don't know, I've been stuck with her, I would have given this more thought. That's right. <laughs> Um, also worth noting, I don't know why I didn't write the, uh, the third guy's name down and I'm, I'm actually going to have to look it up so that we don't, uh, do him a total disservice. Cause there is, um, another guy who has been, he's kind of a multi-instrumentalist, um, who has been in, um, part of the group. I didn't um, write his name down either, but I, I want to guess well, his name from the top of my head. Which I, is wrong. I don't, I don't know if he was one of the founding members cause the founding members for sure were Paul and Andy. Um, but he, he has been with them for the majority of their time, um, and uh, his name is uh, Martin Cooper. He didn't join up till 81. So, yeah, he wasn't a founding member. But he is he's still with them now. He's been like he's been there for the Martin. Yeah, for the for the basically the same amount of time they have. Um, so just wanted to note that Martin is there as well. Martin. He played a killer sax solo uh, when I saw Ooh. them live. Yeah, you should note that, that you just saw them live. I did. I just saw OMD live um, a yeah. few weeks ago in Chicago. They yeah, were jerk. they were magnificent. Mm-hmm. Um kind of also why I wanted to do this episode. Exactly. Um, so their opening gig, this is the craziest thing. So their their first gig ever was in 1978. Do you want to take a guess who they opened for? No, it's got to be somebody silly, isn't it? It's going to be ridiculous. No, it's not ridiculous. It's just funny because to me, it's a it's a different kind of music. Sex Pistols. No, uh, Joy Division. 
God. Their first gig was opening for Joy Division. And they said it was a crowd of like 30 people. So this is like early days of Joy Division also. 78 Joy Division had taken off I yet. Don't wanna, I don't want to ruffle any feathers here, but if you ask me, that's too many people for a Joy Division concert. Oh, goodness. I'm yeah. really glad I did not invite my girlfriend to this taping yeah. now. <laughs> like, I, I just um, don't get it. <laughs> she she actually noted um, when I told her this, because she loves Joy Division, um, she said, well, they wouldn't have been Joy Division then. They would have been Warsaw. And she's right, because when they joined Joy Division for them, they were called Warsaw. Oh, like, if it was 78, they were still Warsaw. They didn't open Joy Division. They opened Warsaw. Maybe like, Warsaw was better. Oh, God. I'm sorry about thanks. the Joy Division. Oh, Ian Curtis just, is dead. Show some respect. They're okay. I just don't get it. It's one of those bands I'll never get. But it's they became solid. New Order. Yeah, that I get. Yeah, okay. But Joy Division. Oh, okay. Oof. So um, eventually, like within the next year, OMD sent a demo to Factory Records uh, of their song Electricity. Which is a jam. Which they just described as a, quote, really just a faster version of Radioactivity, the Kraftwerk song. Yeah. Which I never really thought about, but... It uh, really is. Yeah, holy shit. Okay. Um, So let's talk about Electricity. 1979, OMD's first single. I love the, like, late 70s, very early 80s, like, that kind of industrial sound that's coming out, and it's raw and it's new and i really like this more than a lot of the other stuff that comes out because it's fun and it's like bouncy omd has some fun and bouncy little they really do um Um, and like electricity to me is kind of iconic because i've just loved it for so long it's hard for me to think about it because i've loved this song for a solid very long time um vince clark Mm -hmm. um of of depeche mode and erasure um, Love said of my that, life. And, and of course, Yazoo, the greatest band that's ever existed, wow. said that this song inspired him to enter music. Yeah. And uh, I, I totally believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I saw them live, this was the very last song they played. They were like, they came out for, it was a like a triple encore set. And they were like, um, well, this is our last song. It's also our fastest song. So if you have the energy to dance for three minutes and 49 more <laughs> seconds, let's do it. Um, and it was the very last thing they did. And it's just, yeah, it's it's so cool. Yeah, um, it's just just a, just a killer song, and you can hear like a lot of in Vince Clark's stuff, a lot of electricity kind. Of, he he's got yes. that little like fast bouncy synth riffs is a very Vince Clark thing. They, they got so much more refined beyond this song. Yes, um, they they would never have anything else that was quite this gritty, mm-hmm. but it really it still does work for them. But like if you played me this, I wouldn't like I wouldn't have known this was an OMD song at all. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I'm just going to hand you the floor here because I know this is not only your favorite OMD song, but like this is like one of your fave songs of all time, isn't yes, it? Yes, I love Enola Gay. Um, when I was studying abroad in Paris like 900 years ago, because I'm old now, um, like I was going through a really big OMD phase and like I, it wasn't really organized. I just downloaded a bunch of OMD stuff and Enola Gay was one of them. And Enola Gay was like on the playlist I listened to all the time. So I was just walking around Europe basically to OMD and Anoli Gay for forever. And I remember one time I went into a club that played like top 40 stuff mostly, um, or at least French top 40 stuff. And they played Anoli Gay and I lost my mind. And so it just reminds me, I mean, anytime I hear this song, it just reminds me of how happy I am. And it's so 
cute and fun and it's got a goofy little synth riff but it's about an atomic bomb like right that is quintessential danielle right there a, like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is this this is like um uh, Should have stayed at home what, what yesterday. Is, how do you always phrase it? Uh, uh, sad songs that sound happy. Yes, uh huh. Yeah, that's the best genre of music that there is. Yeah, um, that, I mean that's what that's totally what this is, right? Enola Gay should have stayed at home yesterday. That's right. <laughs> like it's just, as you know, yeah. as if that would have uh, mattered yeah, well, when you got. I don't know. It's just it's such a cute little song, and it's so fun, and it's to me it's so OMD, and it's perfect. It, it is. It's it is so OMD. And, and it's poppy without being overtly poppy. Well, and I mean, also also worth noting what I think is so cool about it, um, that there the I love any time you can write a hook that's just a like a synth melody like that. Yes, that's because mm-hmm. it's it's not like a traditional chorus with lyrics and and whatnot. It's just a synthesizer doing its thing, mm-hmm. and I love that. There's a lot of that in OMG you, songs. Yeah, and but it's so cool that that riff. It's it's, so good. it's it's iconic. Um, it. Worth noting, this was a huge hit in the UK, um, number eight, it and be. it was a hit in the US clubs as well. It's number thirty four US dance. It's a great dance song. So moving on to um, Maid of Orleans, um, not to be confused with the single that came out before it, which was just called Joan of Arc and was not really a hit. Also a good song, though. Um, Maid of Orleans, uh, we're still in 1981 here. Uh, Enola Gay had come out the previous year, 1980. So Mm -hmm. now we're in 1981. Maid of Orleans, number four hit in the UK, number one in Germany and the Netherlands. This was a a big European hit. Yeah. Beautiful music video too. It also is. worth noting, just I've, this gorgeous music video they I never shot. Really like this song, but really, I really like the music video. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the song's okay. I could take or leave it, but uh, yeah, the music video is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, they shot it in this beautiful um, snowy countryside somewhere in Europe. I have no idea where, but um, there's you know they're chilling in a castle, and they they did a really nice job with the costumes, the period costumes, mm-hmm. and just it's it's really beautiful. It feels like you're watching a moment in time, like from the Joan of Arc era. They did a yeah. very very nice job with the video. Yeah, I don't know what what it is about this song. I've just never loved it. And also it's like hard for me to remember. I don't know. Like it's just <laughs> like sometimes like anytime I it comes on, I'm like, wait, is this oh yeah. You know, it's I don't it's a weird song, but I mean it's fine. So worth noting at this time, um, OMD is now on their third album. Um, they've had a handful of hits, uh, but they're still poor AF. <laughs> uh, they were still living at home. Um, Paul noted that he had to hang his gold records on his mom's house wall because he didn't have his own house. Mm. So that's the reality of the music industry for you there. Yeah. I just wanted to note that. Um so we're up to OMD's uh, fourth album now, which is called Junk Culture. 
And uh, this song, Genetic Engineering, is their first single off of it. This was sort of a hit, not as big as the previous ones, um, number 20 in the UK and Germany and number 11 in Ireland. But for whatever reason, this does not seem to be a fan favorite song. It was not included on their greatest hits album in 1998, yeah. which I thought was interesting. Um, but I had to uh, note this quote from a music reviewer named Jim Reed because I could not stop laughing after I read this. So this is this is his Jim Reed's quote uh, about genetic oh, engineering. God. Madly infectious hook line propels a song absolutely dripping with modern references. A cold record whose raison d'etre lies in the application of studio technology and the manipulation of hackneyed gobbledygook. Should be massive. Won't touch my turntable again. <laughs> that is the most pretentious mid-80s British guy thing I've ever found, seen. I think he found his proper calling in music reviews. Yes. Because that's, that's, I think, something you have to be if you review music. You can't yeah. just be like, this is a pretty good song. You've got to be like, well, I don't... Nom, 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 no, you nom. have to use phrases like hackneyed gobbledygook. <laughs> um, also worth noting, the voice that you hear in genetic engineering is from a speak and spill. Yes, I saw that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, this is a fun little track. I like it. Yeah, I, it I think it builds really well. I like it a lot. It does, and I think this is where OMD really starts to sound mm-hmm. like OMD as I think about them. Now, having said the genetic engineering is where OMD really comes into their own moment, um, we move up to Locomotion, um, which <laughs> is like so different to me. It's, it, it's weird to say you're a band who rejects rock, but then you make a song like this, which to me, I, I don't know. There's there's almost nothing evidently electronic about this track, but I'm not surprised that this was such a huge hit because this like Brit- the British audiences could not get enough of stuff that sounded like this in the 80s. They just couldn't look at the like groups we've covered like Johnny Hates Jazz and Breathe. This is that, you know, dudes from prep school with sweaters around them and a, a band that has a horn section for some reason in pop music. That's what this is. Locomotion. OK, first of all, what is it about pop music and the word locomotion? What is so catchy about that that just seems to work? I don't know. I don't know. It's a good word. But anyway, here we are again with the locomotion. I don't know. It's it's so light and airy to me, and I think it's fun, and it gets in your head to me. Like, if I listen to it, it's I'm singing that chorus for forever. Sure, yeah. It's a very, very catchy chorus. Um, But... uh, It's very different than what they did before. Yeah. They're really taking a pop turn. It's really hard for me to say. It's just missing something. Oh, I think they have much better versions of this kind of a thing coming up. But I, I mean, I, I like it. I don't I don't turn it over when it comes on. Definitely a fan favorite. The crowd went wild over this. And it was a number five hit in the UK, which, uh, as I said, should not be surprising to anyone. Yeah. Well, 
Well, this is one of their most fun tracks. I mean, I how do you not love this it. song? It's from the Weird Science soundtrack, but was also on their Junk Culture album. It's called Tesla Girls. Mm-hmm. I love Tesla Girls. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the ones that I listened to a ton um, years ago because I loved it so much. You know who did not love Tesla Girls? Who? Kim Wilde. She called this song inane and monotonous. And I want to be like, who honey. Who cares, Kim Wilde? I want to be like, just because you wrote a song called Cambodia, listen. <laughs> also, you wrote a song called Kids in America, and you're not American. Goodbye, Kim Wilde. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I didn't know we were going to go all in on Kim no, Wilde No, we're not here. going out. No, I love uh, Kim Wilde. Are you kidding me? I would never go all in on Kim Wilde, but I disagree with her opinion on this track. Tesla yeah, Girls no, is wonderful. I think Tesla Girls is cool, and like, I think it's got some really cool lines that don't make sense and it's just like <laughs> yeah well yes like what how great of a line is dressed to kill and killing me that is <laughs> great that is great I, I don't know like and i also love that omd i don't know they're a good little pop band and they have their stuff but they're like kind of nerds uh yeah well that was part of their whole well, like, thing so like for years i never really thought about it i was like this can't be about you know have anything to do with real tesla you know like nikola tesla but I love it. like the quote in here. It's the references to electric chairs and dynamos is actually a reference to dynamos, which was essential for the use <laughs> of alternating current at anything electrical, basically. That was like an Andy McCluskey quote. And I'm like, you nerd, can't you just be like, I don't know. I like the name Tesla, which is a good name. And I wanted to put it in a pop song. That is very funny. Which I love. Yeah. So I want to correct something I said a couple minutes ago. I said that uh, Genetic Engineering was on the Junk Culture album. It's not. It's on Dazzle Ships, which was not a big hit album for them. Junk Culture was kind of a turning point for them. Um, Junk Culture had Locomotion and Tesla Girls. Um, But we are moving up to uh, 1985's Crush now, which was OMD's sixth album. Um, And my I think this is probably my favorite OMD song, Secret. Um, Secret is just... A fantastic song. There's a lot going in here, uh, on here rather, that I love about 80s music. I love the the breathy, um, kind of muted backing uh, vocal yeah. for the And again, kind of weird to have the hook of your song be, it's a combination, right? It's so you've got the bass line is basically the hook of the song, mm-hmm. but it's also like a backing vocal is the hook of the song, which is kind of strange. You don't, weird. you don't see that often. Yeah. It's- but just that bass line, like you listen to this song and all day you're going to walk around like doo doo like it's so good. Yeah, I think this is like the beginning of what you what I think typical audiences think of as OMD, that sound. Yes. This is really the start of it. And but still like if you if you lay secret and um Enola Gay next to each other, I think to me you can tell it's the same it's yeah. the same band oh, yeah, doing yeah, this. Yeah. I yeah, I don't know. A secret's very cute. It's very light and airy and mm-hmm. innocent in a way. It's it is. like innocent, naive in a way. And it's cute little pop music. It's good. Sun and walk the sand. 
So it was around this time. This was their contract was up now, or it was either their contract was up or they had um, like one album left on their deal. I think they signed like a seven record deal when they got signed um, to Factory. Uh, so um, it's a lot of records. It yeah. Andy and Paul were like, we want to break through in America. This is our moment to break because really they ha- they hadn't had a, a hit in America. The Enola Gay was a club hit, mm-hmm. but they they really had not broken through in America. Um, I, th- I believe that So in Love, which we didn't talk about, was on the Crush album. That was I think a top forty hit. Um, but like they you know they weren't a big name in America, right? Um, so they had written this song called Goddess of Love for the soundtrack to a movie that was coming out called Pretty in Pink, mm-hmm. but then. The scene that it was used in got cut because they changed the ending of the movie after some test screenings. So they had to uh, rewrite a different song for the new ending of the movie. Um, they say they had to do it in 24 hours. <laughs> Jesus. But the song they came up with was a number four hit in the U.S. and a number 45 hit in the U.K. And that was, of course, If You Leave. And everyone knows this, right? I think everyone does. I would certainly it's hope so. It's a pretty so. huge... I mean, when it's all over 80s. Exactly. Radio. <laughs> if you you can't think of 80s music without thinking about this song somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's iconic, of course, for its use in the movie. But just on its own, it's a great pop song. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to an 80s station or an 80s playlist or an 80s Pandora station, this is coming on. It's coming. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just such a cool song. And it sounds like it's like a climactic moment in a movie. Like it just sounds that way. It's such a soundtrack song. Yes. And it's yes, yes. so good. And I, to me, it's very different than a lot of the OMD that I love, but it's, it, it is, it, it's, it's worth noting too. It does stand out in their catalog as being different, mm-hmm. but not enough to the point where you'd go, mm, this was really not true to their form. Cause they did. I mean, it was, it's still their song. They I just wrote remember it. this and I think, didn't they refuse to play this? Uh, is it somebody else or is it? Uh, oh no, I'm thinking of Simple Minds. Never mind. Yeah, it was sim- okay. Simple Minds yeah. that didn't like. Don't you Don't forget you about me? About, okay. And actually, <laughs> speaking of '80s movie songs, uh, Cindy Lauper forever would not do Goonies are good enough. Uh, but th- around mid 2000s, she realized how much people love that song, and she started performing it again. <laughs> Can we go back in time to the um, so '80s things episode and talk about how? All these, like, a very 80s thing is being cranky about your soundtrack hit. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> now it's fading fast. Every second, every moment, we've got to, we've got to make it last. Touch you once, I touch you twice. So OMD actually were able to follow up if you leave with another top 20 hit. This this was a number 19 hit in the US and what a great track. It was a big oh, hit for them back so home good. too. Uh it's called Forever Live and Die. It's probably my second favorite. Yeah, this is an awesome song. Um um I had never heard this before I saw them live a few weeks ago and I'm going, "What is this?" Um the lead vocals are actually done by Paul on this one. Mm. Um so kind of unusual um and why it sounds different than the rest of their stuff. But yeah, it's just got this great little like swagger swing beat. Um I, to it me just, it's it, so beautiful. It is. It's just it's it's like treacle as Dill would say from crying game. I, I, I mean I I actually inter- like I'm interested I was interested to see what you thought of it cuz I've just it reminds me of being like 20 and 21 and having dumb like crushes that you thought were going to be like the end of the world and yeah. they didn't love you back. <laughs> right. So like that's and I listen to this all the time and I would like cry like a little 20 year old moron. But like, <laughs> I don't 
don't know. Like, that's what this song is to me. Like, when I hear this song, it brings me back to that. So I have such an emotional connection to it. So it's yeah. interesting to hear what you think of it now because... Because I, I didn't know it when I was younger? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just... I can't look at it objectively. Yeah, I, I just... um. I, I just think it's a very pleasant song. It just I think it's it's beautiful. It's, it's kind of hard to be in a bad mood when you're listening to it. It just it swings along. It's got he his voice is great. I think the vocal production is glorious. Yep. to me. And it's it's weird to me that this song doesn't still get the airplay that um that if you leave does. I considering didn't know it was such a hit. Considering it was in such the US. a hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And speaking of hits, we're fast forwarding a little bit here. We're going to skip over a couple singles to talk about Dreaming, 1988's Dreaming, um, which was actually just a single uh, from their first um, greatest hits record. Um, So this was not this. this There were no more uh, OMD proper albums to be done from that first record deal. (laughs) The the Pacific Age album from I think it was 86 was the last one from their initial record deal. Um, And that was the one that had uh, Forever Live and Die. Mm. Um, and I actually don't know if If You Leave was included on that album. Um, hmm. I don't know. It might have just been on the Pretty in Pink soundtrack. But anyway, we're up to 1988. They've got their first greatest hits album out. Um, and they released this single, Dreaming, which was a number 16 hit in the U.S. Um, and a number six hit on the dance charts. I love this song. It's How can you not love it? I mean, it's not like my ultimate favorite, but I love it. It's just a cute little pop tune. And it's like they, dreamy pop. They grew well into late 80s pop. Yes. I think. Yeah, I, to me, it's like a little more vapid than their other songs. Sure, can be. but that but late I mean 80s. that's not a bad thing, yeah. right? Uh, like it's it's a little different in that sense, but it's yeah, it's just cute little fun pop music. How can you not love it? With every day that passes, I did just want to touch on one of their singles from uh, their 90s albums just to kind of pinpoint like where they were in the 90s. Um, so this was their actually their first single in the 90s. It was called Sailing on the Seven Seas, released on their 1991 album Sugar Tax. Um, I actually quite like this song, too. Um, it's it's so different than 80s OMD. Well, it, it's, it sounds like the 90s to yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. OMD grew into the 90s. It's like they had the little housey vibe to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really love this song because I just don't care for it. It's okay. Like, it's not a bad song for that. This was a huge hit, too, by the way. In the in UK. Europe, in yeah, Europe, yeah. It, was, it was a hit in the UK and Germany and Ireland. Um, but also, surprisingly, this was a number nine hit on the U.S. dance charts. Good Lord. I know.
If you like that one, by the way, check out uh, the second single from Sugar Tax's album, or the Sugar Tax album. Uh, it's called Pandora's Box. Uh, very much same kind of thing. So we're going to do something that I don't think we have ever done on this show before in talking uh, about um, one of the artists we're covering. We're actually going to include like their current single uh, in the list of music and talk about it. Um, and it's for good reason, because OMD's new album is really, really, really good. It really is. Yeah. They broke up around 1996 and then reformed about 10 years later, because in the words of the New York Times article, which was from 2013, I believe. They were like, well, we were just kind of sitting around and realized what else are we going to do except make music I remember music when together. they announced that they were reforming because that was when I was full on in my OMD phase. Yeah. That so I was like, been, oh, yes. I like thought it, I like brought it about with my love for them. And then that is hilarious. But it I was it was all you. They didn't know. <laughs> um, but their their latest record is called they've released um, three more albums since then. And their latest record is called The Punishment of Luxury. And we're going to talk about the title track because I think it is a freaking fantastic pop song it really is it's good and it doesn't like i feel like a lot of these bands that like reform that were big in the 80s or 70s they'll like keep releasing stuff and it just always sounds weird to me and it doesn't seem like it's organic on its own yeah or it's like we're trying to do something different than what we did before and what i think omd is really getting right is that they aren't trying to do something different yeah but they're also not just replicating their 80s sound Mm -hmm. it's it's legitimately they have continued growing as a band and what they the music they're making sounds like 2018. Yeah. But it also sounds like OMD. Like you could hear it and not know it's OMD. You can hear it somewhere and still be like, "Huh, that's a pretty good song and it sounds modern and it's it's good on its own and I think that's very rare for these kind of old bands that get back together and do this stuff because it's very rare. Like Erasure doesn't even do a good job of it to me. Like it's weird. That's right. Erasure is, is still releasing albums. Oh, they do they? it all the time and it's fine, but it always sounds a little weird. But this doesn't to me. It sounds totally good on its own. Yep. No matter who does it. It's good. Yeah, so not much of a recap to give here because we've kind of told you where OMD is now. Yeah, They've got an album they? out called The Punishment of Luxury. And they're touring. Max just saw them. <laughs> yes, I did. And they were fantastic. <laughs> so check out the record, Punishment of Luxury, um, Spotify, everywhere else. Uh, it's up there. Yeah. And oh my gosh, the cover art. This is one of my uh, mm-hmm. fave uh, cover arts I've seen in recent memory. I mean, it's it's just, they, they did a fantastic job with the cover art on Punishment of Luxury. It's really cool. So yeah, that's OMD, um, um, a group that really... Almost single-handedly invented synth pop. <laughs> I mean, and, yeah, and made it cool. Um, and so, yeah, that was a it was really cool to get to talk about them and to see them a few weeks ago. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. um, you can hit us up on offbeattrackscast.com. We're also on Twitter at offbeattracks. Yes, email us, tweet us, whatever you would like at us. We're, Just don't we're, stalk us. That's we weird. are here waiting, waiting to hear from you. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back next week with another fantastic episode. Yeah, so it's super weird too. <laughs> it's gonna be a weird. Oh yeah, episode. it's gonna it's be gonna get weird. Yeah, it's gonna get real weird next week. So <laughs> be prepared. You've Yay. been warned. Until then, I'm Max. I'm Danielle. See ya.